Singularity. My name is Nicola, aka Socrates, and you're watching Singularity FM, the place where we interview the future. If you guys enjoy this show, you can help me make it better in two ways. One, you can write a brief review on it uh, for it on iTunes, or two, you can simply make a donation. Today, my guest on the show is none other but Dr. Amish Patel, who is just about at the cutting edge of supposedly a breakthrough discovery at the forefront of cosmology, applied mathematics, and uh, quantum mechanic theory. So I'm incredibly happy to welcome Dr. Amish Patel. Dr. Patel, thank you for coming on Singularity FM. Hello, very nice to be on your show. The pleasure is entirely mine, uh, Dr. Patel. I cannot begin telling you how excited I am to be here with you today. And as you know, during our preliminary conversation a couple of days ago, uh, you actually shared with me some of the still uh, unpublished results of your research. And I was so flabbergasted that I had no other option but fly you over here uh, to Canada from India in the hope of actually scoring the very first uh, interview with you anywhere today. So uh, thank you very much for being with us once again. And let's start our conversation perhaps by asking you to describe for us who Amish Patel is. Well, uh, my name is Dr. Patel. I'm a Sir Isaac Newton, Chair of Cosmology and Quantum Mechanics at the India Institutes of Technology. It's in Mumbai, so we call it M-I-I-T. Dr. Patel, that's a, perhaps a fascinating coincidence or not, but uh, the same Isaac Newton Chair uh, in uh, Cambridge University is currently being held by none other than uh, the one and only Dr. Stephen Hawking, who, uh, whose work actually for the last four, maybe even five decades is uh, something that you're going directly against. Uh, I mean, is that the case and how so? Yes, uh, this is the case, definitely. Stephen Hawking and many like him, are committed to a materialist view of the universe. And the latest science is rendering this commitment to materialism totally obsolete. This is a, <laughs> a very big claim to make, uh, Dr. Patel. So, uh, and of course, I have to, to you know, put forward my own personal biases here and stemming, of course, from the fact that I've been a materialist myself too for as long as I can remember. So uh, let's get to that point slowly and follow your trajectory and your evidence and your personal journey, perhaps one step at a time. So let's begin at the beginning. Uh, what is the type of work that you do at the MIT? Well, my work pertains to cosmology and how applied mathematics gives us a glimpse to the origin of the universe. 
Ultimately, I am studying how mathematics is the underpinning fabric of the nature of reality itself. That, that, that's fantastic. So I guess in the old dispute between, between physicists and mathematicians, as per what's at the one fundamental science at the core of everything, whether it's mathematics or physics, I guess you have already taken a very clear side and you're definitely on the side of mathematics. Yes, it's all equations. Einstein gave us a very elegant equation that explains the nature of the universe. Michio Kaku is trying to create a one-inch equation that describes everything, including love, to go even further than uh, the work of Einstein. But it turns out that we can do even better. Even this is too much. When we can do better than this. Uh, that's flabbergasting my mind. I can't, I can't wait to hear how you do that. But let's talk first about how you got to where you are today. So how and why did you get started and in becoming interested in mathematics and physics in particular, or the nature of reality in general? In India, we learn uh, the timetable by memory. 2 by 2 is 4, 2 by 3 is 6, 2 by 4, 8, like this until 12, and then again, again and again for each number. So if then we do 3, 3 by 2, 6, 3 by 3, 9, 3 by 4, 12. Like this, everyone else only go until 12 by 12. But with me, I could not stop. Even when I was 5 year old, I could not leave the house. My parents say you have to do this before even your math class. So, but I cannot stop at 12 by 12. I have to keep on going. And I never want to stop. And uh, I always go further and further. And uh, now I can multiply anything. Wait, wait a minute, wait. Now you're saying that you can actually multiply any two numbers? Yes, this is uh, what I'm saying, in a way. Okay, so... Let's take 767 by 511, for example. 391,937. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, that, okay, let me double check this. Um, all right. Okay, so let's do it one more time. If we take your number here that we just got, 391,937, and we multiply by 786,797. 308,374,885,789. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I don't know how you even do this, but uh, it works. This is a very uh, early obsession of mine. Since I was five years old, I have to find these patterns. It's a pattern that you have to find it. It's a, a system of doing this because everyone else is just memorizing. But I have to find a way to solve this. And it led me to an interest in mathematics and also theoretical physics. By the time I was 18, I found it all very boring, to be honest. But uh, I kept going further and further with these numbers. That's how I started. I, I keep going further, trying to find a number. I thought 
at that age that there must be one number that does not follow the rules. I wanted to know this number that breaks breaks the rules. I wanted the chaos. I want to see the boundaries. We young people want to find the boundaries so they can break it. So this is how I wanted to. I was a bad boy. You know, I want to break the rules of math. It's a very on a macro size, very simple. Okay, so I decided to go micro level, study fund fundamental theoretical building blocks of the universe. So, so Dr. Patel, so what's the motivation behind your work then? What's the best case scenario? What's the what's the big dream that's making you get up from the bed every morning and do your work with excitement and enthusiasm that you have and 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 just like keep keep you going? Actually, I have already reached my dream very early in my career. I found that nature is a like a matrix of computable bits. We exist as information, data like this, and matter and energy. We know are inextricably linked from Einstein's equation, but we don't realize that it is matter and energy are all secondary aspects of reality. These are simply manifestations of a much more fundamental thing which is information, computer coding, bits and bytes of data. I was actually the first one to say this. We are nothing more than it from bit. Aha, uh -huh. so it, it was you then who coined that phrase. I always wondered where it came from. Yes, yes, and uh, it is true. Everything around us is just information. The atoms and molecules are mostly just data, the empty space, but their fundamental core, small pieces of data in there. Uh, the, the, the buildings we see around us are f just like they are the physical representation of their blueprint. Okay, so we are fundamentally not stuff. We are the information. Genes are information coded into our DNA. Our bodies are manifestations of informational structure. That uh, what am I? It is really just a pattern of information when you think about it deep down. What are what am I? We are all made of these atoms and molecules. Okay, and most of the cells in our body it change five a day to two week everything in yourself it change the on a on a very molecular level it change completely different physic physical stuff and different i mean the energy is only for seconds but the even the matter is completely changed every two weeks uh, and and we are completely different stuff so what then makes me who i am Still, how am I the same person? Why don't I change to some other guy? Because it is the pattern of information that this is what makes us what we are fundamentally. And uh, that is all we are really. So even the electrical signals racing to and from our brains, that is the data information, accepting the fact that our, our reality is informational. And similarly, the universe itself is running on a computational substrate and it, therefore it follows that we will 
all be computable our universe is pixelated ultimately informational virtual beings if that's your biggest dream uh, i mean what, what's the fear is the, i mean is there a one what's the biggest fear that you may have there unlike you my fear is not that we will create ai but that we are in fact already ai stuck in simulation either of an uncaring unconcerned god or maybe there is no god at all and by god i mean whatever programmer or something whatever you want to call it i don't mind if you want to call god or some coding guy or girl maybe no gender on that level i don't don't know but there are only two options okay there is the the the, the code exists we can see it we have evidence of this code the only thing to question is is there a programmer who uh, most likely is not concerned about us or maybe there is no programmer at all like characters in a video game the rules of the game are the rules of basic elementary particles just like in a nintendo okay if you play like a mario you know you can jump some height and doing like running around this and that now he can throw fire when i was young he throw fire now he can make a suit and flying and around and stuff like that you know but uh, you know imagine this mario he become aware of himself and he can know that okay why i he has question why i can only jump this much height and not more height or you know why how far can i throw this thing and if he start to study this he will he will find the 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 physics the equivalent of the physics of his world his super mario world okay but if he goes deeper down and he looks at okay but why is it only this high i can jump then he is going to find the coding okay and this coding that goes deeper this is almost like the same coding that the equivalent of when we are looking at quantum theory the quantum theory is nothing it is the exact equivalent of just a code information that's it dr patel uh you're blowing my mind here and you're actually scaring me a little bit calling me like mario artificial intelligence stuck in a video game here good you should be scared <laughs> everyone should be scared wow but but okay but 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 extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence and i mean let's break this into pieces here and you're making there's two important parts to your claim one is that we are the actual ais within the game of life or the simulation of our universe and the other one is the proof of it so let's start with the first part about why and how you think we are the actual ais well first we have to explain that there is only two option here okay just because of the evidence we already have there is only two option okay there is the simulation hypothesis and the computational hypothesis now if we are a simulation we are also necessarily part of the computation but if we are a computation we may not be a, a simulation uh, the first one can be existing just 
maybe God make it or I don't know if you want to believe in God, whatever. But this is the difference. We are created a created universe like a video game. This is the fear finally that uh, the fear finally is that, that, that to answer your initial question is that we have found this evidence that it is definitely coded. So now we have to find out who is in charge. Wait, 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 wait. Coded? I mean, what makes you think like that? Because we have found the evidence. And just to be clear, it is a falsifiable evidence verifying a basic code at the underpinning of the universe. And please don't interrupt me like this. Okay? So now, the fear, going back, there are only two options. And one is that there is nobody in charge of that code. In the code, we have found it. Hey, you all must also be knowing this one. But there is only two options now. There is either nobody in charge of this code or we are at the whim of some sentient being that has set this universe into motion but did not specifically create it for us and may not even be aware that we are here in existence. So at any moment, that creator may just pull the switch. He might say, okay, I'm done. I don't want to play this Mario game. I'm going to go home now. I'm going to go outside. I don't know what he's doing. And he may just throw it out in the garbage, like some kind of fungus. That sentient being may not be concerned with our lives. That is to say, he or she, most probably not gendered at that level, I don't know. He who made it, or she who made us, it does not, they do not care. Okay, they care as much as a boy is concerned with his ant farm. So the only option now is we must become the gods. <laughs> okay, uh, this is a bit too much for me, but I mean, what do we do? What should humanity do? What's the call to action here? What to do? This is the big question. Now, there are two options, okay? Now, if there is somebody in charge, then we must find some way to communicate with the higher sentient being and make a case that we as a people are worth further study, that our hopes and our desires are important, that we are not some animals going to kill each other, not some piece of fungus, not some character in a video game. I mean, technically, we are characters in essentially in a video game, but... The point is that we have to let that creator know that we are worth it to save us. And if there is nobody in charge, we must ourselves take control. If we can get to a level of control over the underlying structure, we can do away with pain and suffering and build on humanity serving a larger purpose, a destiny. But first, we have to come together, create consensus. What do we believe? What makes us, our existence important? Then only can we rewrite our code and become the God. We must steer the direction of humanity by taking this source code of the universe, take control. Okay, but what if actually someone is in charge of this code? What if we have a programmer out there? 
or a god or whatever you want to call it. Then we are the AI. Then we must attempt to rise up and be the AI that you are afraid of. Hopefully we can find a way to live together with a creator. And this is what I want to do. I don't want to just go and kill them. But maybe we are more like the creator than we know. You know, and then we just have to let him know, okay, hey, we are here. You know, don't... Uh, maybe the Bible is right. He created us in, their own, in his own image. Maybe. Maybe. And I believe that with my discovery, we have actually the cryptogramic key to this programming and we can actually do just that. Okay, let's just take a time out for a second and take inventory of what we got so far. Because I think there's three major elements. The first one is, we live in a simulation. The second one is, we are actually artificial intelligences. And the third one is, perhaps the most revolutionary one, is that you actually have the proof because you broke the source code at the very core of reality. And you can sort of prove it to us. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, wouldn't that collapse civilization? I mean, things like that can undermine everything that we've taken for granted since the beginning of the civilization. I mean, things like law, religion, ethics, politics, the very meaning and understanding of what it is to be human. I mean, shouldn't we, if we live in a simulation, then nothing matters. Then Shouldn't we all become nihilists now? No, you listen of what I'm saying. I don't understand how you are taking what I said and now you are saying exact opposite. I said we have to find meaning now. Come together, find a meaning and you are going in negative direction. The crucial point though is like the proof because again, going back to my previous statement, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. So what is the evidence? What's the proof? How do we know what you say is true? people have said that if we are living in a simulation we actually cannot prove or disprove it that it is a simulation because any proof we come up with might itself be a simulation eh? and then very tricky you know someone playing tricks but I have uh, actually this is not the case because I have stumbled onto something deeper than these shallow-minded uh, materialists into the fabric of space and time into the nature of reality itself wow i i honestly can't wait to hear it but uh i mean that that's great because that's what science is all about isn't it it's about being falsifiable it's about supplying the proof it's about making a prediction it's about creating a testable hypothesis that would confirm or deny your theory isn't it Keep in mind that even many of Einstein's theories will not be proven or disproven for another hundred years. Okay, because we don't have the technology yet. Okay, so just to be clear, are you saying that you don't have any proof? On the one hand, most people are going to not be able to understand it because it uh, requires multi-dimensional mathematics. However, at another level, if I were to simplify it, it all comes down to a single 
नंबर वन नंबर वन नंबर वॉट इज इट इट इज फोर्टी वन पॉइंट नाइन वन फोर वन फाइव नाइन टू सिक्स फाइव थ्री फाइव नाइन is in like 42 no 41.9141592653599 complexity arises from simplicity the dr steven wolf from from his seminal work mathematica he, he proved it and same with the, the the game of life experiment they prove this with simple rules even a single number infinite complexity can arise even what we call life so the same applies to numbers like the number 41.9141592653599 okay okay but but you have to admit that it reminds us awfully lot to douglas adams's 42 then doesn't it who is this douglas adam Well, well, okay, he's not he's not a physicist, but he was one of the best science fiction writers of the Fiction? No, 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 no. Come on, man. I don't have time for this trivial thing. Well, Douglas Adams actually wrote one of the most famous uh books in science fiction called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where he said that the answer to life, the universe and everything was in fact 42. I don't understand how this is relevant. Well, <laughs> if you round your number, don't we get a 42? Rounding? No. The number is 41.9141592653599. Any comparison is completely inaccurate. I don't know this guy, maybe he get lucky, I don't know. But in a science, you cannot just round it. This is absurdity. Can you round pi to three? This would be a disaster. Whole building would fall. Everyone dead because you are lazy. When you just change a pi to three, this is a totally ridiculous thing. I'm flabbergasting. Uh, guessed it right now from this even this idea. Okay, I see your point, but can you not see my point though? I mean. Douglas Adams said that the answer to life the universe and everything is 42 and that's kind of the same thing that you're talking about isn't it No you're not listening even okay it is not the answer to life the universe and everything okay it is the fundamental core at the heart of the universe it's a very completely different thing But but to me sorry sorry that sounds like the very same thing to me No you don't understand Okay <laughs> You don't understand because I understand quantum mechanics and you do not All right uh I'm a teacher I teach it actually at MIT Doctor Patel, are you a teacher? I no no. I, yeah okay yeah okay. I don't think I don't think I didn't see anything. I'm not an expert in quantum mechanics. I don't see even doctor in your name. 
So right, right. Yeah. I, I'm I'm definitely not an expert in quantum mechanics. No, I can see that, and I'm not a doctor even in philosophy. I already know from talking to you. Okay, I, I see. We're not going into a helpful sort of direction here. So let me just sort of let me just ask you a bit of a sort of a sidetrack question here. Why are you talking to me today? Why are you not on? I don't know. CBC, CNN, BBC, Fox News, MSNBC. I mean, like, why are you not working in a DARPA lab somewhere hidden with like billions of dollars? Like, like, why are you even here? Why, why did you answer my invitation? I must tell you, I've uh, watched your show a number of times. And uh, your interview with Michio Kaku particularly, it has uh, very upset me to a point where I want to come here and set the record straight. With all these publicity hacks, Stephen Hawking, Neil deGrasse Tyson, all guys don't, all materialist, no understanding. Okay, so I have to tell them. And I am also starting my own media circuit. Okay, BBC, Fox News, Discovery, I will be on all of the Big one, you know, uh, ABC, CBC, CVD, and DVD, all them, all the big one. And uh, uh, it will take one week because first, and I don't understand this, but people want to watch uh, their celebrity, you know, simple people. They have to watch uh, Johnny Depp because he's making a movie and they have to make a talk about his uh, movie. I have found the underlying, underpinning code of the goddamn universe. And I'm going to save humanity, but okay, fine. We have to look at... Johnny Depp's, so uh, that, and it is very shocking to me too, but uh, I don't understand, but people are like this and, you know, and maybe he's making a good movie, I don't know, and MSNBC, not even one interview, okay, anyone from MSNBC, not even one, even on the morning show, nothing, so, I discovered the na underlying nature of reality. Anyway, Dr. Patel, I don't even know where to begin with or how to proceed after, you know, you shared with us that you've discovered the underlying nature of reality and, and it's like a shocking number and, and an equation too, but, but that I, of course, don't understand. But so let me just ask you, where can people find more about you and your work? Just do on Google, Patel, Google it. Okay. Find it. And uh, so put one link, you know. I would yeah, I, I, okay. I, I would also put the link yeah. uh, on the show notes. But the most important thing then is like, how do we kind of wrap up our conversation today here? I mean, this would have some profound Im implications, not only in the scientific world, but in the real world out there. So if you were to send people away with one message, the most important thing here today, what would that be? Okay. I'm going to give you two things. Number one, don't round numbers, okay? Can you just imagine it? They send the rocket and they rounded number. Pi to three, now rocket in uh, Mars, dead, everyone dead, crash. Because no one nowhere to go. This is crazy. Number two, tell this uh, Michio Kuku that he can audit my class because he is two decades behind on the latest quantum mechanics. Tell him. Dr. Patel, I, I surely uh, am not the right person to actually tell Dr. Kaku anything myself, but I do appreciate your time with us today very much. Okay, good.
If you guys enjoy this show, you can help me make it better in a couple of ways. You can go and write a review on iTunes or you can simply make a donation. 